Hi, I'm Sean Sampson. I'm president, CEO, and director of EV Nickel. We're listed on the TSXV in Canada. We are producing, or sorry, I should say we're developing two very interesting nickel deposits in Northern Ontario, just outside Timmins. Uh, we have two tracks. We have a high-grade business, which we think we could be up and producing in three to four years. And then we have an enormous large-scale target, so a low-grade deposit as well. Sean, good to see you. In fact, we, we had a technical analysis due diligence session a few a few weeks ago. Uh, Paul Davis came on, impressive guy. Uh, we'll put a link to that conversation below. Um, but you're on the road, and you seem to have been on the road since we last spoke. Um, where have you been? Yeah, I've... Uh... So I'm in today. I'm in Singapore. Uh, got in last night, and uh, earlier this week I was marketing in Vancouver. Um, and then over the past couple of weeks, I've also been. I was in Europe two weeks ago for a very interesting raw materials for EVs conference in Barcelona, um, which was which was wonderful. Um, and then I spent the rest of that week uh, marketing to investors across Europe, so existing and. Uh, and hopefully future investors in uh, in Switzerland, Germany, and the UK. And then uh, last week, I spent uh, first half of the week in Denver at a Future of Mining conference and uh, meeting with some investors there. So it, it's been a lot of time on the road, um, but it's been hugely enlightening, especially the meeting we had in Barcelona, where we met with the car companies, uh, the European car companies and the battery companies, many of whom I've met, I'd met before. Um, but between January and September, uh, things have become very serious, especially for the car companies where they are, um, you know, on the precipice of making very large decisions around their own production and going full on with the battery electric. Um, but they do not, from their perspective, do not have the raw materials um, sorted out yet. So it's a very interesting time wherein, especially the European uh, car companies have seen what's gone on with Ukraine and the Russian supply. And I, I heard out loud from multiple um, car companies talking about the concerns around Indonesian supply and the Chinese money behind the Indonesian um, and the concerns regarding Taiwan. So it's this geopolitical thing just seems to be ramping up um, and adding to the concern of the car companies and the battery companies. And I'll tell you, Matt, their interest in going up the supply chain, so upstream, um, and getting involved with companies like mine, um, that has changed again a lot since January to September. So those were the meetings in Barcelona. And, uh, and then from there, a lot of time with investors. And it's just been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful run. I, I, I'm in Singapore for the one-to-one -one, uh, conference, which I haven't been in this before. It's sort of the speed dating. Um, but there's a lot of interest and, uh, and it's, it's, it's really been focused as best I can tell, there's a few companies here that are battery metals, uh, but the investors are definitely interested in this, and it seems to be our time in the sun. Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You, you're talking about uh, geopolitics and bifurcated markets uh, potentially with you know China versus the, the the West in terms of getting a hold of their future supply for the you know for 25, uh, 2025 and, and beyond. Um, what do you need to say to these guys? It's early days for you. You've got this kind of dual track um, projects going on here, but what do they want to hear from companies as early stage as you in terms of helping them work out, can they move upstream? Can they secure a su uh, supply in, for the future? Yeah, you'd think ordinarily it'd be a bit premature, frankly, to be talking with, um, you know, beyond these guys would be off takers. And I'm talking about three to four years for us to actually be into production. 
But what they want to do is they want to understand who has resources, who has the potential to grow resources, and then importantly, sort of who has a game plan for getting that out of the ground and into their hands. And with our setup, where we have uh, investors that own um, an existing concentrator seven kilometers away from our mineralization, um, that's that's got a lot of appeal. So when we tell our commercial story about what we have in mind, uh, that's of great interest to these car companies because they see us as potentially being able to produce uh, a high-grade nickel concentrate from our area, um, or as we've discussed before, Matt, the potential for uh, if our work in the lab is working well, uh, potentially being able to get nickel sulfate out of the plant if we're able to do the bioleaching as an add-on circuit. So these are the sorts of things, even though I'm just a resource company which is looking to grow our resource with our studies that are gonna come out next year, um, they are very interested in getting involved at this stage. And I think that's really an indication of the urgency that they have to try to line up supply because they're on the verge themselves of making these large capital decisions. And uh, frankly, they don't wanna get caught with their pants down. But, but your job is here is, is to prove scale in, in, in a way, because I think they, I'm not saying they're price insensitive, but there's an expectation that the demand is overwhelming current supply um, into the market. So looking at 2025, 2030, maybe they're more interested in the, can you provide a scale? So given the low grade aspect to um, part of your project and the high grade aspect to part of your project, how do you, how do you focus that narrative for them? Yeah, for them, the real focus has been around the high grade. But frankly, when you're talking to European car companies, they are very interested, and the battery companies, they're very interested in partnering, right? So the potential for me to be able to talk about near-term production potential uh, with them, and and then also have what seems to be shaping up to be a very large resource to our, to our Northeast, uh, that sort of thing interests them. And they want to be able to partner upstream with companies that could potentially be producing these metals for them. So it's dual track with them. Their real focus, of course, is trying to get their hands on nickel. Uh, they love the idea of us being quite strong on the ESG. And when I talk to them about being, um, we're, we're focused on being bottom quartile carbon cost. And that's exactly what plays into the European restrictions. So, you know, they really want to be partnering. And it's the sort of thing that they see the value in both the, the high grade and the potential for the large scale. Um, and they want to be hand in hand with someone going down that path. Okay, so let, let, let's say the the kind of feedback from the um, the car manufacturers and the battery manufacturers um, it, it, it is to be believed. Um, you've got to be careful around the strategy. We've had a technical session last time out, so I'm not going to get. Well, I don't want to go into that this time around. I'm more interested in like when you're out here having these conversations with potential strategic investors. You've got to be careful about the model that you employ because some. Partnering with some companies could be a roadblock for for you further down the line. So you've got to be cautious and, and make those um, those steps um, in a considered way. So how how do you view how you move the company forward in terms of because you know, like you're, you're you're a small company, small balance sheet. You, you let's say the market comes back, you're, you're going to need to raise capital and keep doing. That's kind of you know the expiration. Development um, story, you know, dilute, raise, dilute, raise. You know, it, 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 it's hard. What could a strategic partner do for you? And what would be the best timing to introduce them to this story? Yeah, so we need to figure all that out. But it all begins with these conversations. So um, the way we're going to go is continue on our strategy. And our strategy is 
to, on the large scale, put up a very nice resource. So we're done the drilling now. All the drilling's done, 8,400 meters. We're gonna get the assays over the next few months. We'll pull that together into a resource. That'll be for the Carlang, our, our large scale target in the Northeast. And that's that side is 10 kilometers of mineralization that we've identified and we've drilled 1.4 kilometers of that. So that's, that's really just the tip, as they say, um, for that resource, that large scale resource. And we've already done the drilling. So the dollars have been spent. Um, and I'll put that resource on the board and we'll see sort of what that gets us. Back at the high grade, we are continuing to, uh, we'll do the infill drilling this winter. So we're looking at sort of December, continuing to do the infill and that'll feed into the resource next year. So we'll be able to talk about the bigger and better, we hope, resource on W4. So our, our strategy doesn't change um, and we're funded to do that. So these conversations with the car companies and with the battery companies, and also with other strategics, so other private equity funds we've been talking to. These are all sort of to tell them about our strategy and see where they'd want to get involved. So um, we've got to chart it out. We know what we're doing. We're funded to do it. Um, and we know that down that path, we will be working with larger sources of capital, so like the private equity funds and other groups, and then also the buyers, so the battery companies and the car companies. Okay, so what's coming up next? So you've been, you talk about phases. You've got lots of phases going on. Um, some of them concurrently. Um, we're overlapping, shall we say. So given the, the main resource on the, on the, on the, on the low-grade component and given the resource update on the, on the, on the high-grade component, what more can we expect to see um, you know, over the next coming months? Yeah, so our news over the next three months is going to be very boring, very consistent, assays back from the low grade. Uh, so we're gonna have a much better understanding of what the car laying is. So that's again, that maiden resource that we hope to be pulling together beginning of next year. The assays will be our news over the next two to three months. In addition, we have our MET work on the high grade. So that's with SGS right now. Um, and we'll be coming out with that. We know we have high nickel tenors, which indicates there should be a nice concentrate but they're running with the flow sheet of the nearby concentrator. So the plant that's seven kilometers away, in addition to running uh, what it would look like if we went down to Sudbury for processing. So we'll have our MET results over the next few months. And that just continues to sort of add to the high grade story and then that potential for the low grade resource. So that's our news over the next few months. In addition, as you know, we're, we're always doing other M&A work where we're still trying to pull together the patchwork of the land up there. There's lots of mineralization in the hands of private disparate companies and we're in touch with all of them. Um, so that's all just feeding in back towards this idea of us getting more and more mineralization endowment on, uh, you know, onto our books. Right. So, so talk to me about this, because given the number of investor meetings that you've been having, you've got a sense of the question, you've got a sense of the, their understanding of, of, of the market more broadly, maybe some of your peers, is, and given your background, is 7 million market cap company, you're going to tell me as the CEO, it's your job, you're undervalued, but why are you undervalued? On what basis do you think your valuation should be much higher? Yeah, so that, that, that really is the question, right? We, uh, we IPO'd at 75 cents um, in December, and we trade in the 15 cent range, Canadian, uh, which gets us that 7 million equity value. Um, so no matter how you look at it, we are deeply undervalued. And uh, that's really the consistent theme with investors, where 
you know, every CEO waves their arms and says they're undervalued, I can look at direct comparables and show you how we're deeply undervalued. So in terms of it being, um, there are the high grade companies. So there's a company in Timmins, class one nickel. I think that we compare quite favorably to them. We have the same grade, um, but we know that deposit well, the Alexo Dundonald, uh, mainly because my VP of exploration discovered that asset. Um, and we know that we think that in the Timmins camp, they're sort of done on their land package and we're just getting started on our high grade. So that's a, that's a direct comparable and they trade for three times the equity value that we are. Um, and that's just a high grade. And we think that they've tapped out what their potential is in the Timmins, on the Timmins land. Um, then we look at the, the, the low grade companies. So there are Canadian publicly traded companies that are marketing uh, grades at 0.25 or, or lower. Um, we think we've got a deposit with the Carlang, and we talk about this in our slides, that should have, based on surface sampling, some grade that looks better than that. We'll have news on that over the next few months. Uh, but again, we have 10 kilometers of mineralization of that type of grade, and we're drilling, we have drilled off 1.4 kilometers of that. So that's really just getting started, and we'd anticipate that next year we'll put up a big resource, which should look comparable to what these other publicly traded companies have. Um, but the thing is, when you begin to compare, they're not all apples to apples. Uh, the thing that really excites me about our large scale target, the Car Lang up in our Northeast, is that we have less than 10 meters of overburden. So if one was to make an economic case for going after something like a 0.25 or what I think is closer to a 0.3 on our land, we go through only 10 meters to get there. Now we've got outcrop and that's been great for surface sampling. But from a mining perspective, it's really challenging if you have to go through 40 meters of overburden to get down to your mineralization. And you're talking about that mineralization being something like 0.25 when the market really has thought about cutoff as being 0.6. So we've got the two tracks, the high grade and the large scale. Um, when I think from a comparables perspective, I can say that we're undervalued if you look at comparables that have the high grade or just have the low grade. And we have both. So I, I, I think, and it's always tough in junior companies, partially because you've got CEOs that always say they're undervalued and that's the, that's the broken record, the recording. Um, but, then, but then secondly, it's tough to say in the liquid stocks with, you know, uh, uh, it's tough to say what your valuation necessarily is. But, you know, the combination of us having dropped as far as we did from the IPO, which at that time we thought that was a true valuation. Uh, we're deeply, deeply discounted now, and I can point to these comparables and sort of make the case. Okay, interesting. And the other kind of broken record message out there is that, you know, high grade is king. So does that mean your high grade project is much better than your low grade project? Well, they're different projects. So it's, it's you know, I, I've got my eyes open. Running a, running a, a junior minor, um, the, low, the, the high grade is the sort of thing that I can show you the path and I do this with the potential off takers, these car companies, the battery companies, I can show you the path as to how we get ourselves to production in three or four years. If I put up a resource on the large scale, which is something like a billion tons, no you know, TSXV junior is going to be uh, advancing that sort of option along, but that's what it is, it's an option. So um, I would say they're very different projects. I think that they both have tremendous merit um, but, you know, on my own, in terms of pushing that high grade along, uh, partnering with my neighbors across the street who are already a shareholder, 
That sort of thing I think we can do in our wheelhouse, and it's the sort of thing I've done before. That large-scale target to our northeast, that's really a different ballgame. I think there's huge benefit to having that option, um, but I wouldn't necessarily, Matt, compare between the two. Right, no, but uh, where I'm trying to get to is is... is because you're probably getting no value for the low grade at the moment because there's a perception that you need high grade always. Those are the only projects which work. I'm trying to understand from you or get you to say, if you believe it, that low grade projects have an economic value, but with probably to someone with a larger balance sheet than you. But to you today, it has some value, even if you have to flip that out or or sell that at an asset level. Yeah, I I think... I think we have no value in our stock for the low grade. And I would also say, I don't think we have value in our stock for our high grade. It's tough to say where the value in our stock comes from. So I think that's, we're so deeply discounted that I, I wonder uh, what the value is. That's, that's, you know, how we get to the 7 million. I think the high grade alone, especially considering the results we've put up, uh, justifies a higher value than that. So that large scale, I think, should be valuable to someone. Um, I do know that there is a shortage of nickel. That's been a consistent theme across the three weeks of traveling I've been, I've been on. Um, and it's even a smaller world with the guardrails that are put up with the European uh, demand, uh, with the uh, new legislation out of the U.S., with the limitations around they need to be sourcing from the U.S. where there really isn't any nickel, uh, Canada, Australia, or South Korea. When you put those guardrails on, these companies that are investing money into factories that require uh, nickel, uh, it's a very small world. And that's kind of what contributes, Matt, into me thinking that that option, that low-grade or large-scale target, that's a real option. Um, And it should be worth something to someone. Um, And we'll put a resource up and figure out sort of where that goes from there. Sean, look, I appreciate you uh, coming on today. I know you're in the middle of that conference and it's busy there. So uh, I'll let you go, but uh, stay in touch and let us know how the um, the drilling goes in the assays um, when they come back. Super. Okay. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, Matt.